The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they will discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, I promise you're in the right place. Today's buzz Count what counts. No, it's not a tautology circular reasoning. It makes sense, but give me a second to explain. If your company has already climbed aboard the social selling bandwagon, are you ready to justify the cost and the effort when your management team comes knocking on your door or calling on the phone or pinging you on social and says, well, how is it doing? What are your results? Are we having any impact? Is business getting better? Are sales quotas getting met? You get the idea. They want answers. Well, let's do a reality check here. A promising new connection on LinkedIn, where you probably are if you're doing social for sales, doesn't always convert to a new deal on the bottom line. There are not always that ka-ching, ka-ching dollar signs that you would love to have. Do you have any current metrics tools in place? Are they the right ones? Are they up to the task? Do you need new ones? I know I'm asking a lot of questions. Don't be frustrated. Take heart. We have a panel of experts who are going to talk to you today about meaningful metrics, best practices, and tools. How do you measure How do you prove that social is doing something? How can you be truly accountable for what you're doing on social? And then there's one nagging question that I haven't mentioned so far, and this may be the one you all want to know. Can social relationships really be measured? Maybe that's the big one. So the experts speak. Let me get started introducing our panelists. This is a returning panelist. He was on earlier in the season. We're delighted to have him back. It's Mario Martinez, Jr., RVP of Sales for ECS West Area at PGI. Important to remember PGI. And Mario has sent me a quote from his father, Mario Martinez, Sr. And this is a good one. It's very inspirational. Quote, Whatever you choose to do, my son, always put 150% into it and be the best. Mario Martinez, Jr., how are you? Bonnie, I am fabulous. Thank you for having me on the show, and uh, I'm doing really great. Thanks. Good. Well, how's Dad? Is Dad around? Dad is around. Yes, he is, and hopefully listening as well. I hope so, too. So tell me, when did he say this quote to you, my son, and how does it relate to our topic today about accountability for social selling? Uh, Well, that's a great question. So this is actually something that my dad, um, you know, I always get sentimental on the show here, right? So last time it was my (laughs) wife, this time it's my dad. But um, my dad probably ingrained this into my brain from the earliest age that I can remember, 
he was a, a boxer and, and a fighter in the Golden Gloves. In fact, the day I was born is the day he was fighting in the Golden Gloves. And um, uh, so everything that he always taught me was about uh, really on the lines of competitiveness. It's funny because I even compete against my own kids. <laughs> <laughs> and they're five and two uh, in terms of, <laughs> of, of, of events. I know it's horrible. It's a real sickness that I've got, but uh, it's really on that lines of my dad uh, always looked at, at, at our, his children as an opportunity to be able to do something better than he did, and he raised a family of, of five children, and, and, or a family of seven, if you would, uh, and um, he just get, always just put in front of us, and especially with me, you know, whatever you do, just be the best at it. I don't care if you're going to be a truck driver. I don't care if you're going to be a CEO. Just be the best and put 150% into it. Now, you can never give more than 100% because it's really 100%, but you get the idea behind it. And um, how it related, relates to this is just very apropos because, you know, two years ago, um, I would probably say that I was an unknown uh, named entity in the world of social selling. Mm-hmm. And here today, um, I would say, you know, I'm, I've been invited by one of the greatest brands uh, on the planet Earth, SAP, to be on this radio broadcast. And it's been phenomenal to have seen my personal brand go from nothing to uh, a, a resident expert in this particular area. And so um, that was very apropos just for thinking about being the best at it. And that's what I chose to do. And here I am. So I appreciate How- you having me. And I'm honored to be here. Well, how nice of you to put it that way, Mario. I, you've almost got tears in my eyes talking about emotional. By the way, what year was your dad in the Golden Gloves? Uh, I was I was born. I will tell you I'll tell you the year I was born. Nineteen seventy-seven uh, is when he was fighting. He literally. Uh, was fighting on the Golden Gloves right before he got into the ring. He was told that my uh, mom was in labor, and um, the, he got, after he finished up with the, uh, uh, the Golden Gloves, he got there just minutes before I was born. So it was, it was right there. It was just so close. <laughs> but he saw me be born. Wow. wow. Well, that, that was the important thing. And by the way, Mario, and that's Kirsten Boyleau chiming in there. You can't, can't keep a woman on this panel from not saying something when it comes to kids being born because we, we all do get emotional. Mario, 150%. And, and we're talking about accountability metrics here. How is your social media program doing? How's your social selling coming along? Wouldn't it be great if you could say, well, our goal was to have a 10% increase or a 20% increase in social in the first six months of 2015, and then you go to your your C-suite or your, your manager comes to you and say, how are you doing? How are we doing? And you say, I beat my goal by 150%. Wouldn't that be wonderful, Mario? Yeah, absolutely. And I will tell you here at PGI, uh, when we launched our social selling program, we did not think it would have the success that, um, that it has had. It has been a phenomenal uh, program for us and has produced millions upon millions of dollars in annual contract value for our organization um, within the first six months of launch. Um, and so we've, we definitely have had a very successful program. Um, it's definitely caught the, even the attention of LinkedIn themselves um, in mm. rolling out uh, our program. Um, and it, it was exciting to, uh, to have been part of the program and, and been the sponsor for the program. So yes, I would say, you know, uh, our executive team was already asking me, so how much have we made as a result mm-hmm. of the, what we spent? Um, and we've already paid for the solutions that we've put in place already times two. So it's, it's been great. 
Wow. that Great proof point. Kirsten's going to love that when I get to her. Kirsten, let's re- talk about that when I introduce you. Second up on the panel, it's Kevin Thomas Tully, T-U-L-L-Y, if you want to look him up. He's got a great smile, as Mario does. And Kevin is the VP of Social Enablement at a company called R-Factor, small R, capital F, small A-C-T, and add an R on the end. And Kevin has sent me a quote from Bruce Springsteen. Kevin, we've had many, many lyrics quoted, many musicians, but I think this is Bruce Springsteen's first appearance on Game Changers Radio, so that's exciting, too. And by the way, if anybody's been hiding under a rock for the past, I don't know, 30, 40 years, the full name of the person we're talking about is Bruce Frederick Joseph Springsteen, born in 1949. He's an American musician, singer, songwriter, and humanitarian, best known for his work with the E Street Band. And here's the quote. And you'll tell us, Kevin, where it comes from, which song. I hid in the clouded wrath of the crowd, but when they said, sit down, I stood up. Kevin Thomas Tully, welcome. How are you? Uh, well, thank you very much, Bonnie, and uh, um, it's great to be on this program, and thank you for inviting me, and um, I'm thrilled to be here with Mario and Kirsten and everybody here on SAP Radio. It's, uh, it's a thrill, and I'm I'm overjoyed to be talking with everyone here today. <laughs> and, um, Thank you. you know, growing up in, um, you know, New York, New Jersey area, you, you can't help but be influenced by the poet laureate of New Jersey, who is Bruce Springsteen. And, um, as a matter of fact, this quote comes from the song Growing Up, which is, uh, from his album, and, uh, which was released in 73, um, Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey. And I, and I felt it was, it was entirely appropriate, um, when related to, um, social selling because um, depending on who you talk to in and out of organizations, there is, there's a lot of pushback when companies are trying to adopt social selling programs for various reasons. And even when there is success, there's still that attitude that's prevailing where it's, well, I'm not really sure if it's going to work when you show success. So it's important to have... Um, you know, the backbone to face authority with fortitude. You know, a lot of times people don't, but, you know, listening to Bruce sing about people who have it, you know, that's not bad. You know, I don't view this as being contrarian, but, you know, rather having the courage of your convictions, you know, having the confidence in your team and your beliefs and knowing that when you put together a social selling program and you show results, it's something that you can go to senior management with and you can say, this is what we're doing, this is how we're doing it, and this is the ROI we're getting out of it, and yes, it works. So everyone else who is rooted in the old-school sales methodologies that aren't working anymore, you need to pay attention. So I am going to stand up, and I'm raising my hand and saying, look, follow me. Do what we do, and we're going to be the example. And I'm not going to pay attention to any of the noise. And I'm, and you know, I was going between this and another um, quote from uh, Bill Belichick. And I'm not a New England Patriots fan by any mm-hmm. stretch of the imagination. You know, I'm a New York Giants fan. And but Bill Belichick always says, "Ignore the noise," and that's what you have to do re- with regard to social selling. You have to ignore the noise and ignore the naysayers, the folks out there who don't believe it works. Because the data will show, and we'll discuss that today, I'm sure, the data will show why it works and how it works. And those are, that's one of the two most important questions we need to ask, Bonnie. You know, why and so what? And you need to mm-hmm. ask that often. And you need to question not so much authority, but question what you're doing 
why you're doing it, and ask, so what? And I think those are important questions that need to be asked, not only with regards to social selling, but with regards to all types of sales. Very interesting. And I'm going to insert one more word in there, Kevin. The word is how are you doing it? And that's what Kirsten has dedicated this season one of Social Selling with Game Changers to helping our listeners figure out is once you figure out why, once you figure out where you want to go with it, once you figure out what your goals are, how do you get there? So very important. And thank you so much for your introduction, Kevin. Love the quote. And now we can't stop progress here. We have to get to Kirsten. We know she's here. As always, Kirsten Boylow at SAP. And Kirsten has sent me a wonderful quote from Charles Dickens in Great Expectations. And I know everybody knows who Charles Dickens is, but you might not know that Great Expectations was his 13th novel. Novel. It followed A Tale of Two Cities, and it was considered his penultimate completed novel. It was a Bildungsroman. I'm not sure if that's right, but I got it off Wikipedia. It sounds like a combination of, uh, of Latin and French, a roman meaning a novel, depicting the personal growth and personal development of an orphan named Pip. That's all I'll say. And here's the quote. Take nothing on its looks. Take everything on evidence. There's no better rule. Kirsten, welcome. How are you? I am wonderful today, Bonnie. Thank you very much. Thank you very much to you. I love this quote. You just keep coming up with wonderful, wonderful quotes. I won't say better each week because they're all good. So this couldn't be more appropriate. Are you a big fan of Dickens, Kirsten? I very much so, yes. Yeah. Really enjoy so talk to me. How did you how did you find this one in his his gazillion tomes of literature to pick this one up for our show today? I read Great Expectations a few years ago, and uh, this just uh, stood out to me that, you know, when you're talking about, no matter what it is, some sort of um, experiment or innovation or, uh, you know, the, looking at things in a different way, you don't take it on the way that uh, it might look to you. Don't judge, essentially don't judge a book by its cover, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and I, you know, try to hold that uh that sentiment very dear to my heart. So this one just really, I think, hit home to me, and and I and I it hits very um, hard on the social selling aspect, particularly when it comes to accountability and measuring the the impact of social selling. There's all kinds of anecdotal evidence about uh, social selling mm-hmm. out there. You know, sales reps will tell you all kinds of great stories, but when you go to actually look at the sales data, it's not. Uh, it, it. I mean. It is there when you push them to actually track it, <laughs> and that's one of the biggest problems. Um, and when you, when you do actually track it, that's when you can really see the true evidence of it. But um, you really have to dig deep and make sure that uh, that people are, are creating that evidence for you so that you can really um, evaluate it properly. Kirsten, let me ask you a question. I don't know if we, this has ever come up in, in uh, the many episodes we've had in Season 1 so far, and this is our next to the last for Season 1. Good news to our listeners, Kirsten is bringing back Season 2 in January, so don't think we're going away just a little bit for the holidays, but we're we're going to be back with lots more interesting episodes and topics for all of you to build up your social selling programs. Kirsten, have you ever heard of a social selling program being given X number of months, maybe six months, nine months, 12 months, and then management would shut it down because the metrics aren't there to prove its validity, its impact? Is that, has that happened yet or is it still too naissant, if you'll pardon the, the French word? Is it still too new? Uh, 
to my mind, it's still just a bit new to for people to dismiss it out of hand. There are some people within, you know, within any organization, if they're looking at social selling, there's somebody who's absolutely passionate about it and is driving it forward and is doing a really great job with, you know, convincing the powers that be that they need to take a good look at it and but that also that they're not going to be able to get that those metrics until they actually take a, a real um, true mm-hmm. uh, stab at it, you know, and actually make it part of the organization. And that's when you get to see the, those results and that evidence. Disruption takes time. Interesting. When I opened the monologue a few minutes ago, Kirsten and Mario and Kevin, I started with the buzz, count what counts, and I just Googled how to measure your social media success. And the first article that came up is called Nine Ways to Measure Your Social Media Success, and they're quoting Einstein. And that's where I grabbed my little quote. Einstein once said, not everything that counts can be counted, and that goes to our question, Kirsten, of can social relationships really be measured? And he added, not everything that can be counted counts, and it is still so relevant today. So there. You know, we're going to save that for when we get into the roundtable portion of the show. So I'm going to circle back to Mr. Mario Martinez, Jr., and ask you, where are you calling from today, Mario, and what are you drinking right now, or what do you plan to drink after the show? You know we want to know more. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm calling from our PGI uh, regional office here in San Francisco, uh, California, and I actually am drinking uh, a chai tea latte, and I'm drinking it uh, here in our from our office. We have a little Keurig that we have, and I decided today, you know, I feel like a chai tea latte, particularly because this is what my wife always orders, and it's sweet, <laughs> and I thought... All right. Well, for the Game Changers Radio, let's let's do something sweet with Bonnie, my friends Bonnie and uh, Kirsten. So, chai tea latte is what it is. <laughs> I like that very much. Thank you for the sweet comment. Brownie points will get you everywhere. I have some wonderful fresh baked. I baked them yesterday. Chocolate chip cookies in the freezer. If you were here, I would give you one to go with your chai tea latte. There you go. So, wishful thinking in in absentia. I'm wishing it. I'm sending it over to you on the airwaves, Mario. Enjoy the cookie. I love, love them it. frozen. By the way, a little more. Dark uh, dark chocolate uh, chips, by the way, instead of semi-sweet, brings the pump up a little tiny bit. Kevin Thomas Tully, where are you today? And tell us something interesting about what you like to drink, please. Well, I am here in sunny Baltimore, Maryland. And right now I'm enjoying what is my go-to drink. It's what I call a tropical protein smoothie. It's inspired by the movie Rocky. I don't know if any of you have seen or haven't seen it. I mean, it's a classic, so I think probably everyone has seen it. But there's a scene in that movie where Rocky's going into training, and um, for some people it's it's kind of motivational, and some people it's kind of gross, but he wakes up at an ungodly hour. I like to say it's 4 or mm-hmm. 5 in the morning, which to me is an un- ungodly hour. It's, it's <laughs> normal when you have young children. Um, but he takes six raw eggs and cracks it into a glass and drinks the raw eggs. So maybe when I was younger, I used to do that, but, you know, raw eggs have lost their taste and appeal to me. So I take three raw eggs, some vanilla extract, some frozen strawberries, pineapple juice, banana, some coconut cream, crushed ice, put it in a blender for about 30 seconds and make it into a smoothie. And, you know, I'll have that... uh, you know, I don't want to say every day, but most most days that's my, my go-to beverage. And um, even in the winter, I don't mind drinking it because, uh, mm. you know, it gets me going energy-wise. And that's what I'm 
drinking right now during this to make sure that I don't get a gravelly voice and uh, ruin the broadcast. You, you, oh, no, you sound great. You sound great. By the way, do you have a special kind of eggs you use, a special brand like Eggland's Best or organic or brown shells or white shells? Any special recommendation? I say that I, I like to use whatever eggs are available, and it's always a special treat for me when I get a double yoker. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Talk about 150%. Wouldn't that be nice? Kirsten Boileau, where are you? Well, you're in Canada somewhere. I know that. You're in Waterloo. And what's the weather and what are you drinking today? Uh, it's cold, but blue sky and, and uh, snow on the ground, actually. Mm. Um, so it's been, it was quite a weekend. And getting that snow, it all came down at once, very heavy. Um, and what am I drinking? I am drinking jasmine green tea right now, uh, trying to boost my metabolism. Thank you very much. That sounds very flavorful. And you know they don't let Bonnie have caffeine on radio show day. So it's cool, clear, filtered water in a pretty clear glass mug with a nice handle I can grab while I'm on the air. And we have a green straw, green for measurable success in social selling. I'm accountable for my success. And I know that's what we're going to help our listeners figure out how to be successful and accountable for the impact of their social selling program. So we're going to take a quick break here. So don't even think of touching that. That mouse, that app, that dial. I'll be right back with a lot more from Mario Martinez Jr., Kevin Thomas Tully, and Kirsten Boylow. Michael out. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Social media is taking sales organizations by storm, and only those who adapt quickly into the new digital world will be around in the future. Social selling is a new tool that has implications to all lines of business, from building the fundamentals in the sales process and getting the content marketing mix right, to building cross-functional teams and building the systems to truly measure the impact of social. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how social selling is changing the world of business. Social Selling with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to social selling with Game Changers. And welcome back. You're listening to Social Selling 101. Our topic today is Social Selling Accountability Metrics. How are you doing? I know, I know. Our panelists today are going to help you figure it out, how to measure. Are you using the right tools? Do you have the right ones? Do you know how to use them? Are they working? Can social relationships even be measured? We have to answer that one. We're speaking with Mario Martinez at PGI, Kevin Thomas Tully at R-Factor, and Kirsten Boylow at SAP. And I'm still Bonnie D. Graham. 
program. Happy to be here. So, Mr. Martinez, let's take a look at your notes and why don't we kick off our roundtable talking about accountability, valid measurement tools. Let's start out with this statement. You say using LinkedIn's SSI score is a leading indicator of social selling success. And I'm going to just put this on the table for you, Mario Martinez, Jr. True or false? Agree or disagree? Talk to me. That's a great um, statement and question, Bonnie. I would probably say, um, first off, I disagree. Um, And the reason why I disagree, I'm sorry? Yeah, I said that's a good way to start. We don't usually do it that way, but I love the provocative aspect. So run with it. Go ahead, Mario. All right. Well, you know, first off, uh, it it depends on your buyer, right? So um, your best venue might be uh, enabling social selling through Twitter or through other social media sites outside of LinkedIn. So assuming that you're talking about a B2B potential buyer, then LinkedIn's SSI score is definitely a great measurement to be able to use. But it just measures one component of social selling. Uh, And so many organizations, um, as a result of um, this SSI score, have become heavily focused on looking at the SSI score when implementing tools like LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Um, and so they're just laser focused on that particular benchmark. And, and for here at PGI, when we launched our, in North America, this was the fourth region that we launched our social selling program. In the first six months of our program that we launched here in North America, um, we did not measure SSI. And the reason why we did not measure SSI is because we really wanted to focus in on the behaviors that drove the SSI and the behaviors that could help create new opportunities, new relationships, uh, and obviously drive revenue. And so um, I believe that SSI is a great measurement. I believe that SSI is a measurement that you should quantify and you should Mm -hmm. qualify, but uh, you want to make sure that when you're looking at SSI, it is not the... Uh, the end-all, be-all, because you can literally have a representative that has figured out how to crack the secret code of the SSI, which is not that secret, and you can Uh have a really high SSI score, but absolutely no revenue or opportunities that are being attributed towards their social selling efforts. So the the key here is, is it is a good indicator, but I would argue that all the different behaviors that go into uh, social selling, for example, um, when you engage with somebody online and you're actually trying to have a discussion with them, you can be commenting all day long on someone's post. Let's just say I'm following you, Bonnie. Let's just say I'm trying mm-hmm. to sell to you, Bonnie. I can okay. be commenting and liking all the stuff that you're putting on all day long, um, but it's about the quality of what it is that I'm saying. If all I'm saying is, hey, Bonnie Graham, nice post. Well, yeah, it may be noticed by you, but how does that build the relationship? And so that's where SSI is great, is not so great, because it just measures the fact that did I say something to you on LinkedIn? It doesn't measure what I said to you on LinkedIn, as an example. And that's the big difference is when you look at this is that someone could be doing all the right things. I could be saying great post, great post, great post all day long, but nothing leads to an actual value, something of value that you're receiving as a potential buyer, right? So it would be nice post, Bonnie. I also noticed this particular article that might be of value to you in terms of what you're mm-hmm. looking for. That's the additive part that you don't get when looking at SSI alone. So for us here at PGI... Uh, and, and from my personal um, uh, expertise and experience, 
I would say definitely want to look at it. It is not the leading indicator. It is something that is a, a something that you want to look at. It's something that you want to measure, uh, and it's something that you want to take a look at. But you want to teach your reps on the quality type things that they need to do in order to be able to actually drive a relationship, which ultimately drives revenue. Thank you, Mario. Interesting, and it reminds me of a quote used by a panelist on one of our other Game Changers radio show recently, and the quote was from Woody Allen and Annie Hall, and it was, 80% of success is just showing up. So I think what you're saying is, uh, you know, the old fable about the emperor's new clothes. Well, the emperor was riding through the streets naked, but his advisors told him, wow, you look great. Wonderful new suit, my friend. And there was nothing there. So 80% of success is just showing up. You're saying just showing up and doing activity without adding value is going to give you a score, but not a meaningful score. I like that a lot. Let's get Kevin Thomas Tully's uh, uh, comments or thoughts. Do you agree, disagree, Kevin, with what Mario shared with us? Uh, there are some points that Mario made that are valid and others that are not. Um, offering up the social selling index was a smart move on the part of LinkedIn because it's a great lead generation offer and that's exclusively their motivation. Uh, other than that, it's, uh, you know, I agree, I agree with Mario that it's a complete vanity metric. You know, the social selling index it plays on the psychology that people want to compare themselves to others for belonging and get an ego boost out of it. It, it has no value whatsoever in the social selling ecosystem. Um, it's, if you tell me how you want to measure me, I'll tell you how I want to behave. You know, selfishly, I, I wrote a blog post about how you, how you can manipulate the SSI in one week. You know, I manipulated it from a um, score of 94 to the highest score you know, 98, and two days later, I had a 99. It doesn't measure anything other than, like Mario said, activity. It has mm-hmm. no, it has no value base whatsoever. Um, uh, it's just an activity for activity measurement's sake. And LinkedIn seems to think that there is a, um, a, ca- a causation effect to people who have the highest. Um, SSI scores, uh, you know, sales reps will exceed quota and get 70%, 74% more engagement on their posts than the, those that don't exceed, exceed quota. Well, you know, sales reps who drink water, you know, are more likely to exceed quota than those that don't. Uh, you know, there's a difference between correlation and causation. Um, SSI really does not measure anything except for activity in LinkedIn. And if you have LinkedIn Sales Navigator, you're going to have a higher SSI score. So at the end of the day, for LinkedIn, it's a great metric. For everyone Mm -hmm. else, not so much. Okay. Kirsten Boyleau, got to get your two cents or ten cents or $1,000 on this one. Let's make it a million-dollar answer, Kirsten. (laughs) Oh, I don't know if it's worth that quite that much. Um, Well, I understand, you know, what both Kevin and Mario are saying about how, you know, it really only measures the quantity of of what you're doing on social selling, uh, in terms of social selling. Uh, I think only two of the four measurements are actually – um, manipulable. Uh, the first one on building a good brand, you know, you have, you kind of do it once and then you're kind of set. It doesn't change that much after that. And building a good network, you can hit 24 fairly quickly, 25 fairly quickly, um, out of 100, because there's the four pieces out of each out of 25. Uh, but then it doesn't change that much unless you, you know, completely 
strip out your network and, and start all over. Um, the two pieces that do change are, you know, how to, you know how often you're using the tool to to find the right people to talk to, and the third piece is, uh, or the fourth piece is, you know, how much you engage in the social networks. So if you're talking about, you know, the quality of what you're doing in, in terms of building insights, absolutely, it can't measure the quality of what you say, mm-hmm. but that's only 25% of that overall mark, and I don't think it has that much of an effect on. Um, the overall behaviors. I think it's a great way to measure those behaviors. I was going to actually ask Mario, you know, if you're, um, if you're not using the SSI or you weren't using the SSI when you first started your social selling program to, to measure the behaviors, how were you measuring those behaviors? Uh, I just thought well, that was, uh, would love to know what, he, what that was, uh, uh, what you did to to, uh, to measure those behaviors and measure the quality of those behaviors, but like I said, you know, there's there's four aspects to it, and yes, you can manipulate it quite easily when it comes to the engagement piece, and you know how often you do searches, but that that only amounts to fifty percent of the mark. Um, you know, having a good brand in order to get to twenty four, twenty five out of out of twenty uh, five on your you know your professional presence. Uh, score it, it it takes a bit of time and effort to make that happen and um and building a good network the same thing um so just would be would love to know from aria what uh what you were doing to to measure those behaviors and and the quality of those behaviors that you were tracking yeah mario good. yeah thanks bonnie good great question kirsten um so what we did was in the first six months we actually specifically focused on the behavioral aspects of um, social selling as it pertained to LinkedIn only. And so we were measuring, in fact, how many times did you actually log into the tool? How many leads did you save? How many accounts did you save? How many messages did you send, send asking for referrals, as an example, referrals in, in, to, to meet with somebody else that's in somebody else's network? And then how many um, of your in-mails, um, in-mails did you actually use up or send? And so what we did was is we focused in on those behaviors. Those behaviors definitely drive the SSI. There is, without it, everything I just mentioned, is it, it all drives the SSI. But it allowed us to be, become more laser-focused on the individual activities, for example, um, on the number of messages sent and or in-mails sent, right? Uh, if you're sending in-mails to individuals and you're getting a very low response, which is what started out in the very first couple months so where people were getting a low response, we had to actually go through the, the qualitative approach of how to actually communicate. If we had just started out with measuring SSI and had people start trying to figure this out, it wouldn't have worked, right? And I don't think it does work when you just focus in just on the SSI. So for us, it was, my philosophy was, start out with the things that will ultimately drive your SSI. Forget about thinking about the SSI. Focus in on the individual components um, of behaviors. And then make sure you've got those individual elements going right. And when you start looking at, as an example, how to get your in-mails from having a 10% response rate to a 50% response rate, right? then you've got some really good success because with a 50% response rate to those in-mails, you're actually writing quality-based in-mails that are specific to your particular type of buyer, and you're actually engaging with them with what's important with them. Um, so that's why we, we chose not to go at the, this macro view level, but really go into the micro view level, if you would, on some of the, the statistics. And, and, and um, well, so, anyways, does that answer your question? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I was just curious. I thought maybe I, I, 
I realize that you know each one of those pieces comes as part of the SSI, and it's but it, when you get your spreadsheet, it's measured differently or you know in different columns. I just thought maybe you were using some other tool that, out there that was uh, you know how you were measuring the quality. But uh, I think that's absolutely critical. And actually, when it comes to to building a um, uh, or measuring social selling success, I'm not sure that it's you know outside of the SSI. It's uh, you know and those those absolutely component pieces of it. It's really hard to 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 dig down and, and get into it. But when we're um, focusing on behaviors, what we call the behaviors or, you know, we call them the foundational principles, you know, how do you build a good, yourself a good brand? How do you listen to your market and then how do you, and, or your audience? And then how do you actually engage? And then how do you apply those things with the, with the tool of whether it's Twitter or LinkedIn Sales Navigator or something else? Um, we try to te- keep those, those principles separate from the tool and then we take those those principles and apply them to the tool. Uh, that's how we we do the you know building those behaviors. Yeah, um, yeah I, aspect. I, I would love to. Hi, hi Kirsten. This is Kevin, and you you can actually manipulate all four of those uh, uh, all four of those indicators on the SSI. And and again, I wrote the blog post that shows how you can do it, and it's not very difficult. But you, you one of the things that you're really missing here is the fact that. Uh, social selling is not uh, is not LinkedIn, and LinkedIn is not the be all end all of social selling. As a matter of fact, there was a study uh, done just this past year by uh, Kitesk and Jim Keenan that was piggybacking on research that was originally done by Keenan and Barb Giamanco that said the go to tool by most B two B sales professionals is Twitter. That's where they start their conversations um, mm. for social selling um, because the main way to get going with social selling is through conversation is start with content leads to a conversation that leads to an offline uh, conversion. So um, LinkedIn really has fallen in terms of favor for most people to start uh, their social selling activity in terms of uh, not only prospecting, but listening, but engaging in conversations because the bar to engagement on Twitter is far lower than that on LinkedIn. You don't have to ask for a connection. You can all, mm-hmm. you can also begin just having a conversation. You can uh, put out uh, listening, uh, social listening, and uh, with specific uh, keywords or, or or actions, and you can do uh, searches. And not to mention the fact that um, Twitter is the world's largest content repository. Any type of content that you that exists in the in the universe is available on Twitter just for sharing, uh, resharing, for liking, for commenting upon. So that's why uh, more B2B sales professionals begin and end their social selling with Twitter rather than LinkedIn. Kristen? Yeah, yeah, go go ahead, Mario. This is Mario, and and I'm going to... I'm going to disagree on a number of different comments that, that Kevin had mentioned, and I'm, I'm, I'm definitely siding with um, Kirsten. I think we've rolled out a very similar program. But one of the things that's important to note is um, there's two things that Kevin said that I, I definitely have to disagree on, and that Twitter is the largest um, component for B2B sellers. Uh, I would argue that Twitter is absolutely a component that you need to use in social selling, without a doubt. So on that particular level, I agree. However, it really comes down to the line of business that you're selling to. If you're selling to the IT line of business buyer, probably seven times out of ten, you're not going to find those particular buyers on Twitter, right? Uh, They're not out there tweeting that often. Uh, If you're selling to a marketing line of business buyer, specifically demand generation, 
then likely you're going to find those people out on Twitter, right? So you've got to be able to leverage these networks. And this is why I said, you know, LinkedIn is not the end-all be-all in terms of the SSI score. And I agree in, in that concept of what Kevin's saying. It's, it's a global picture. It's a much larger picture. And it really comes down to the industry and the type of buyer that you're selling to. Um, and so a lot of sales folks are selling to the technology space, and those folks are not on Twitter, right? And, and, and if they are on Twitter, it's a very, very low usage type environment in terms of how to be able to engage with that particular um, buyer. On the other hand, as well, I would also argue that um, most reps, most reps who are looking to make money, right, their, their behavior drives their compensation. Most reps are not going to do a bunch of different quantitative met- metrics just to get their vanity score up on the S, what Kevin called an SSI score. I agree mm-hmm. that it has some element of vanity, right? But most people are not going to do it just to drive the SSI score score up and not have results out of it, right? So there's no rep, there's very few reps that I know that are just going to sit there and start liking people's stuff and or viewing people's profiles or trying to send an email with, without the hope that they're doing it right to be able to produce revenue because they get paid that way. So I think there's, there's some element of vanity score, but I think there's a, a, a great component that organizations they do have to look at SSI. I would argue that in the initial launch of your social selling program, you watch the behaviors that drive an SSI that you want to make sure that are driving quality, like how many, what's your in-mail response rate? Are you actually saving leads, as an example? And then as a sales enablement organization or a marketing organization or whoever the sponsor is of your program, you need to understand your types of buyers. Are those buyers on Facebook? Are they on Twitter? Are they on LinkedIn? Are you selling to B2B or B2C? If you're B2B and you're selling into the technology space, very highly unlikely that you're going to have users that are engaged on the technology side on Twitter uh, and or Facebook profiles that you'll be able to see. So that therein resides the area of that when you launch this program, you have to know your buyers and you have to know where those buyers are at and you have to know, generally speaking, what, what are those buyers are doing. So that's my commentary. Kevin, talk to us. Thoughts? Yes, uh, I, have a, I have a couple thoughts. The only really um, me- metric that matters for social selling is revenue. And how are you going to ma- measure uh, revenue? And the only thing that really matters is attributing revenue in the CRM. So you can, you can um, determine that C- SSI might be your uh, metric that is the one you want to measure uh, your social selling success by. But unless you determine that you're going to um, uh, attribute revenue and attribute revenue in your CRM, then essentially anything else that you're measuring is just vanity because likes, shares, engagement, that doesn't mean anything. What means, what means things is how many, how many, how many leads have you created, your, F, your SQLs, your sales um, qualified leads, how many accounts have you created, how, how have they convert, how they converted, closed deals. Revenue is the only thing that really matters in sales because unless you're, unless you're hitting quota, unless you're exceeding quota, you're not selling. So if your social selling program is not generating revenue, then it really doesn't matter. All this other activity, it's worthless. So everything that you do in terms of social selling metrics, make sure it measures revenue, okay? It might be nice to have an SSI score and build everything around having, having all those nice vanity metrics, but what is the revenue that you're generating out of it? And are you measuring it directly in your mm-hmm. CRM? So unless you're doing that, everything else, you're wasting your time. 
Kevin, this is Bonnie. I want to interject here. I have a couple thoughts, and uh, this is a very interesting debate we've got going here. Uh, I, I like the energy level very much. Question. It's great to say you have to measure the dollars, and that's CRM, and that's the bottom line. It's the only line, Kevin, but I'm going to ask you a perhaps a very naive question, me not being in the league with you and Kirsten and Mario, not being a social selling professional. The, the word social and social selling has to do with people relating to each other. Isn't there a very important place for metrics like SSI vanity or not for getting people encouraged, getting that energy level up, getting them excited, letting them see at least the value of their visibility, what it takes to be be at the party. Do you bring the beer? Do you bring the keg? Do you bring the white wine? In other words, you're showing up. Uh, Woody Allen's comment, 80% of success is just showing up. But but along the way to getting to CRM, aren't there stages of getting people involved and getting their energy and excitement and training them? Wouldn't SSI be that part of that ramping up, Kevin? What do you think? I think that you should be able to directly measure any kind of social activity that you have and push that activity into your CRM and directly attribute the revenue that comes from any social activity that you have. So if you can tie back a conversation that Mario and I had on Twitter that shows that if Mario were a prospect of mine, and then I can track his any kind of conversations that we had all the way through in my CRM, to the fact that when Mary and I uh, engaged on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever um, platform that Mario um, mm-hmm. was preferred that he communicated on, um, tracked that conversation all the way in CRM until we had a closed deal and it turned into revenue. So, you know, that's the way that you track social selling. And that's the way that we go about tracking social selling. And that's the only way that you should really measure it. And to your point, Bonnie, yes, that's mm-hmm. the exact way that it, it gets done. And that's the exact way that you attribute revenue to a social selling program. Kirsten, let's get you in on this. Kirsten Boylow, thoughts? Yeah, just a couple of things, uh, Kevin. I just, in my experience here, um, I've, I've been a sales rep. I, you know, have been in business development. I have worked with sales over the last two, directly over the last two and a half years in, in enabling them in social selling here at SAP. And to my experience, sales reps don't have time to spend time on vanity. You know, they just don't have that time to, to sit there and click like, 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 like to be able to, you know, get that SSI up. One or two do. Maybe, but they're not the ones that are going to be successful no matter what their SSI score is. Whereas what we've seen within our own organization, um, you know, and I, I shared this at, at Sales Connect, so I'm sure you probably heard it there, that, you know, our reps that have that, that are the highest SSI scores at SAP here, they're the ones that are, are producing, um, on average, some of them are up to over the 200 percentage, uh, point, but on average, they're producing 150% of their quota. Um, th- and those are the ones that have the highest SSI scores here at SAP. It, it, for us, that tie-in is very, very close. Uh, is, is it across the board? Absolutely not. But w- the ones that are engaging in social, the ones that have those high SSIs, the tie to, to, to quota is very, very, uh, very, very close. Um, I think it's, it really needs to, to, um, to be a mix of things. Is the SSI the be-all and end-all? Absolutely not. Um, is LinkedIn the be-all and end-all and the only tool that we need to be using to measure or to engage in social selling? Absolutely not. But I would say Twitter has become, from, from my experience, Twitter is like this kind of far-off thing. People use it, you know, they, they, they're, they're interested, but, you know, LinkedIn's so much more concrete. It's a lot easier to, um, 
to be part of. You can you be proud of what you've put out there. You you know, on Twitter, you only have 140 characters to build the, the About Me section. Uh, you know, it's not a whole lot of space to tell, tell about who you are and what you're about. Um, whereas on LinkedIn, it can, you know, you can really showcase who you are, what kind of background and experience you have, the, uh, the you know, your subject matter expertise and that kind of thing. And people become very proud and they're quite happy with what they've they've developed and, and then that helps them to then take that next step in in um, you know engaging in that conversation and feeling like they actually have something to to contribute to that conversation and in that very social aspect of it um, you know only measuring revenue uh, of any rep is uh, you know it's it I ultimately it is the one and only um, measure of a rep but it's not um, it, it it has to be has, um, surrounded by other things, there, you know, you know, career development, and it has to be surrounded by personal development, and it has to be surrounded by, um, you know, sales skills development. The, all of those things need to come into play to get to that revenue point. Um, I think there's just so much more that goes to it uh, beyond, you know, uh, just the revenue um, measurement and. LinkedIn's as SSI is a piece of how we can put together that whole puzzle. It's, is it the whole puzzle? Absolutely not, but it is definitely a piece of, of the overall puzzle. Thank you, Kirsten. This is Bonnie. We're about six minutes till the end of the show, and I want to make sure we cover the big question I asked in the beginning. I think we've dabbled at it, but I want to make sure we I get a definitive answer from each of you. So let me go across the table, and then we'll have just a little bit of time left for our predictions on what you see coming up next on accountability metrics for social. Mario Martinez, here's the big question. Can social relationships, no, I didn't say social selling, I said social relationships really be measured? Yes, no, and give me a two-sentence answer. Why? Please. Can social relationships really be measured? Well, mm-hmm. um, I would say uh, yes, indirectly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and <laughs> what do I mean by that? Um, you know, the reality is, is that a salesperson um, 15 years ago or 10 years ago, they used to walk into someone's office and have a meeting. And as soon as you walked into an office, uh, you, the first thing a salesperson looks for is you look for the picture that's on the desk, them with their kids or holding the big mm-hmm. fish or something like that so they can create the first 10 minutes of their hour-long meeting, uh, uh, a sense of relationship that they can build with that individual. Um, and so today... When, you, when many sales reps are having meetings, we're in a very mobile workforce, and so you go to have a meeting with somebody face-to-face, it's likely not in that person's office. It's in a shared cube, shared environment, shared conference room, or oftentimes virtual. So um, when you look at the relationship part, can it be measured? The answer is, is indirectly yes, and ultimately back to Kevin and Kirsten's point, which is, does it drive revenue? However, uh, that relationship might not drive revenue, but it might produce a referral source because you've built a trusted relationship. So as you're watching and monitoring and you're looking at individuals uh, and you're engaging with them and you're building a relationship as you would if you were sitting in that person's office based upon what they post, what they talk about, what's of interest to them, uh, what's of concern to them, those types of things, then, yeah, it may not produce an actual revenue opportunity, and that's where I look at this and say, yeah, ultimately it's the end-all, be-all, but what if it produced 
an opportunity for you to be able to get the referral. And that is a perfect example of what is happening here with some of our own sales organizations. Literally two weeks ago, I met with somebody who cannot buy anything from, from, from us because they don't, they don't have that particular segment of services because of how small they are. Uh, and they, they have uh, uh, already one small product set. But the individual, as a result, has made us three referrals because they trust the, the, the account team, mm-hmm. and they have a, a valued relationship with them, and we've closed two of those three deals, right? So is that, producing, is that relationship producing revenue? Yes, it is, but it may not be a whole bunch of revenue, and it may not be a whole bunch more sales to that particular individual, but as a result of a relationship we've built over social, guess what? We've, dri- we've driven a referral process. So that's my answer. Thank you. And you know what? We're not going to have time for predictions, so let's just get everybody around the table to answer the same question. Kevin Thomas Tully, I have to limit you to 90 seconds, please. We're just about out of time. Can social relationships really be measured? Go ahead, Kevin. Okay. I'm a data scientist, so, you know, choosing the proper social platform, it's paramount in establishing a conversation with your buyer that's going to lead to building an integrity-based relationship and ultimately a sale. But are you fishing where the fish are? Are you taking mm-hmm. cues from your customer or are you relying on past practices that are outdated or unreliable? I mean, just like the old fishing hole that's once stocked with whoppers, your reputation alone can't drive your choices. You got to communicate with your prospects on social media where they're most active and data, not speculation, has to be your guide. I mean, there's a... Without going into too much, uh, you know, regression analysis is the go-to method in analytics, okay? Smart companies use it to make decisions about all kinds of business issues. We want to figure out how we can impact sales, and most companies will use regression analysis to explain the phenomenon they want to understand, like why did customer service calls drop, you know, predict things about the future, or decide what they want to do next. But I I said it before, when you work with, regression analysis, or any other type of analysis that tries to explain the impact of one factor on another, remember, correlation is not causation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to say there's a correlation between rain and monthly sales, and, you know, the regression will show it's related, but it's an entirely different thing to say that rain caused sales unless you're selling umbrellas. Okay. Thank you. I have to, but, Kevin, I have to give it over to Kirsten. We're just about all ready right, all right. to give her one yes, minute. Thank yes, you. Yes, and you can Thank measure you. it directly in your CRM. Yes, yes. Got it. We got that. Thank you. Kirsten, one minute. Right. Close up for us. Social relationships, can they be measured? I would have to go with Mario on this one. Yes and no. How can a relationship, how can the strength of a relationship absolutely be measured? It's, it's a quantifiable thing. Um, is it really a quantifiable thing? I'm not sure that it is because there's nuances, there's text, you know, that's kind of hidden between the lines. There's, you know, um, relationships are a kind of thing that you can measure the the number of relationships that you have, but can you really measure the quality of those relationships? I think um, you can see kind of on a spectrum, yes, this is a strong relationship, this is a really weak relationship, but can you say of a specific relationship that, you know, this, this relationship has the potential to go here, here, and here, or doesn't have the potential to go here, here, and there. I'm not sure that you absolutely can measure uh, relationships in that um, real quantifiable measurement in terms of the actual strength of the relationship. Thank Numbers, you. yes. Mm-hmm. Strength, Numbers, probably yes. not. 
Put a ring on it. What can I tell you? <laughs> How can you measure relationships? Oh, we all know the answer to that age-old question. I want to thank our three panelists. What a lively conversation. We had a good agree-disagree and everything in between. Thank you so much. Wonderful energy. Mario Martinez, Jr., always a pleasure. Kevin Thomas, Tully, pleasure to meet you. And thanks for your energy and your uh, back and forth. Appreciated that. Kirsten, what can I tell you? Always great to work with you. It's your series, and it's my privilege to work with you on this. And And we are getting ready to close out this season. So everybody, be sure to listen next week on Tuesday, December 1st, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific, to our 2015 Surprises on Social Selling and 2016 Predictions. We have our bookends, the ones who started the series in September. We have Kurt Shaver at Sales Foundry. We have Jim Fields at SAP and Kirsten Boylow at SAP. And we have a great show for you. So I promise that will be very interesting. Talk to you again soon. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Right now, go out and be a game changer today. Thank you to our engineer, Michael, at World Talk Radio, and a shout-out to Ryan Treasure. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.